Welcome to the Practice Podcast, conversations probing the nature of practice. I'm your host, Dave Firon. This is a conversation with Mel Hubner. She just uh, sent me a message on LinkedIn thanking me for the conversation, and I responded, I found it to be very enriching. Enriching. And that's how I want to introduce this conversation for this episode with with Mel. It suggests that there's a lot more that we can look forward to than just receiving money. Money is nice, particularly with inflation. But the opportunity to meet someone, to get acquainted, and find out what makes her, in this case, tick, is a way of finding out makes me tick. And uh, a lot of ticking went on. And we, you, you'll learn um, about more about the B Corp. And you'll learn more about how someone is governing the first five years of her post-college career. It's a lot to be learned. A lot of riches there to extract from this conversation. So open up your mental purses and start collecting the reward with Mel Hubner. Well, you've probably all heard of networking. It's sort of the buzzword. It's been a buzzword for quite a long while. But when you're living networking, as I have to, in order to be connected to the world from here in Northwestern Connecticut, sitting in my lonely little home office, you just connect with people you know, and they will connect you with people they know. And pretty soon you're already almost to Kevin Bacon. (laughs) Six degrees of separation. Kevin Bacon, by the way, uh, Mel lives about 20 miles from here. So I'm I'm pretty close to Kevin Bacon, only he doesn't know that I live here. (laughs) But the connection to you, initially, we go back up the chain to uh, Maria King's King, Kingery, Kingery, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, struggling with um, short-term memory here. Who was delightful? It was a great conversation. Episode, I think, one sixty, sixty-one, something like that. It was. It was a lot of fun to meet her and to hear the work that the two companies that you work with with her are doing. And I'll give you that moment to talk about what that is in a second. Then I heard about Maria through Lizzie Freudman, who does marketing based in North New Orleans, who does marketing for my friend, Tom, Tom Casey, who I used to serve on the Duran Institute board with. So it's great to see how these connections all work. Uh, Do you remember, Mel, when you heard about the possibility of Maria doing this podcast? I do. Yes, it was through Liz on our Slack channel with the B Corp women. And she was like, I got the chance to talk to Dave. And it was like a wonderful experience. Anyone that would like to share your story, uh, reach out and we can talk. And so I actually reached out for Maria to join you. Uh, and here I am now. <laughs> here you are, and and now you can tell the folks you're you're. Uh, it's it's Mel Hobner. Hobner. Yes. Hobner. Hobner. 
And your your title? My title is officially Impact Associate. And I work, like you said, with Maria's two companies, uh, 360 Impact uh, and Southern Energy Management here in North Carolina. Okay. And it seems that impact is a big word. It's in your title. Uh, And you said that there's maybe some uh, shifting of your branding to even make more impact with the word and the uh, and the active impact uh why don't we talk a little bit about that first because that's your in quotes thing right now right that's right so we're shifting from 360 rocks to 360 impact uh and that is maria's consulting company uh we work with impact driven leaders uh to grow their impact while growing their team and boosting their profits and creating strategies uh, to align all their people, their profit and their planet efforts or impact. Um, So yeah, so we're changing the name to make sure that it aligns more with what we're doing. And that impact goes out to having a positive impact on the environment, on the globe, if you will. Uh, And also for many of the businesses that are, in the B Corp um, community, the uh, impact can be very targeted. So Absolutely. part of what I remember Maria said that you do in the consulting side is help these companies work up the uh, applications and so forth. But then also the, the strategic part is very important. And is that sort of where your expertise comes in particularly with that targeting? So, yeah, so with our consulting clients, yes, we say that we, we directly impact their team through strategy work and leadership development and team and culture development. Uh, but then, of course, we're amplifying their impact because they are also big corporations typically. Uh, and so the better they do internally, right, the better, the more impact they are also doing. Uh, so we, we say we have direct and indirect impact. In terms of what I do, um, I help Maria create that impact in the company. So I can, I'm right next to her doing a lot of the background work. So she is fully prepared to come into the session and really like work with our clients. Um, and so that's the impact that I help her create uh, through the consulting company. But through the solar energy green building company, Southern Energy Management, I work directly with our internal B Corp team. So that we really focus on team development, personal and professional, uh, volunteerism, community partnerships. And um, yeah, those are the three main areas that we focus on, as well as the strategizing to increase our score in the B Impact Assessment. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and are you ever bored? Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm always working with different things. You know, when you mentioned about this whole podcast being about practice and continue learning and growing, uh, that's how I feel exactly every single day in my role. You know, no other day is the same. Um, and I'm constantly looking for, okay, I need to learn this to accomplish this what i did what do i need to do next and it's just always about practice here as well yeah and i think the uh the the 
the key is that I've got to learn this in order to move ahead. I've got to learn that in order to move ahead. Now, back when you were a student, I believe at the University of North Carolina. Uh, Charlotte, yes. In Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the learning was re- relatively governed by the faculty person running the course. And you were sort of learning in a way that you were directed to learn to show that you acquired some knowledge. I'm sort of stereotyping a very complex system. But once you broke three of that, graduated, congratulations, you're out now in, in the world. You have to find some place to start working. And there's a good chance that no matter what that is, there's a learning curve to start with. And then after that, depending on your setting, the context of the work, the curve never never bends. <laughs> and it sounds to me by combining these two uh, companies, your responsibility in both companies, the green energy uh, consulting work and the, and the construction support that that company gives, plus helping develop the uh, high impact B Corps. There's a, a tremendous amount to learn. But let's go back to when you finished, you graduated. Now, you did probably didn't know that this company was on your horizon, did you? Uh, no, I did not. No, I, uh, I started my, um, so I went to school for public health uh, yeah. and statistics. Yeah, so I wanted to do research for nonprofits. That's what I wanted to do. Um, and then, you know, senior year of college, I came across the B Corp movement through a freelancing market research work that I was doing during the summer. Uh, I participated, I was the transcriber for a focus group for market research, and they interviewed a bunch of different and diverse uh, focus groups. And one of them was a younger professional uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina, who were really focused on like social and environmental impact. And during their conversations, they were mentioning, you know, like we like companies that are going beyond just profits. We like companies that are doing like good with their marketing strategy, right? So like buy one, they donate one, that kind of stuff. And that conversation, as I was just typing things up uh, in the background, I was like, I never heard of anything like that. But then I started realizing, wow, companies are, there are some companies out there that are going beyond just selling most products, you know, and just getting everyone needs to hit their 40 hours a week. And, you know, all that is just, I could see that things are changing. So I remember going home and trying to research. It seemed that discovering in this focus group, this sort of, business that's beyond business. It uh, must have also fitted into your interest in nonprofits, even though these are for-profit businesses in many cases, most cases, it, there was some sentiment there. There's some values in your in your makeup that made you want to in, uh, be in public health, but also looking at the nonprofit world. So that must have been an interesting moment where you said, hey, wait a minute, you can be a for-profit business, but do some good in the world and maybe even keep people healthy. So that's, that's exactly it. Because I mean, as I was studying in school, uh, 
nonprofits are doing amazing work, but they're often limited by grants and, and government and, and donors, right? Um, and yeah, there is a movement that nonprofits are now uh, exploring creative ways to bring in uh, money, right? Not just fo solely focus on grants and fundraising, but also creating their own revenue stream, right? That they can mm -hmm. like sell a product or service and invest the money back in the nonprofits. But at the time I was, okay, yes, there's great work to be done here, but nonprofits will not be able to get this accomplished by themselves, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so when that, it was like a light bulb moment. I remember going on YouTube and I watched the little B Corp intro video. Uh, <laughs> it was, yeah, And I was like, this is awesome. Um, but it was senior year, of high, uh, senior year of college. And I'm someone that always wants to plan ahead and like really have to have a clear like structure to my plan of what I'm going to accomplish. So I remember thinking, I want to be a part of this. But for the past four years, I've been thinking about going into the nonprofit route. And to me, it was too much to switch things up at that time. Oh, no. <laughs> and so... I graduated and I went ahead and got a great job in Raleigh, North Carolina, working for a food bank. Um, well, and, okay. that's good. Yeah. And so I worked for the community health education program. It got my foot in the door, you know, to like working for a nonprofit. Um, so I stayed there for about two years and it was a great experience. But, you know, I was got situated with the professional world. Right. It was my first job. I remember my first month there. I was just like, OK, working against it's answering calls, answering me, uh, answering emails and attending meetings. I guess that's what works like. <laughs> oh, God, for the rest of my life. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it pretty well has boiled it down to a lot of people. You day in and day out. Yeah, that's I mean, that's all I did for the first like month, you know, Um but yeah, so then I did that for about two years and it was a great experience, lots of learning curves, but mm -hmm. most importantly, really just being in a professional setting, you know, and, and developing very um, skills, like transferable skills, right? Yes, um, yes. And then I felt ready to take a step uh, forward in my career and I was like, okay, now it's time to join the B Corp movement. So, so you hadn't lost that little B in your bonnet then. <laughs> I did not. No, I definitely did. And I just like, I just needed to follow my prep plan for a little bit. That's what mm -hmm. was going through my head. Mm -hmm. But I definitely still uh, followed a bunch of B Corps uh, on social media, read a few books about it. And so I knew that the moment that I was ready to look for a new job, that was the step that I was going to make. And mm -hmm. I felt a little bit more prepared, too, that I was more aware of the movement and, and oh, yeah. what it really meant to be a B Corp. Uh, B Lab has a really cool website called B Work. And B Work, any B Corporation can post their open positions over there. And so for a few weeks, I just kept checking that website, you know, just seeing what was out there in my area. And didn't, want to, didn't want to move across country or do anything radical like that. No, I, I didn't do it. No, I didn't want to do that at the time. You know, I was building my community here in Raleigh. Community is really important to me, you know, and I felt like it took a little while to get settled here, you know, and I didn't want to move again coming from Charlotte to Raleigh and then two years later moving again. 
So I did come across my position uh, and applied and got along really well with Maria and the whole team. Um, and, and then it was it was honestly a, a dream come true, really, because not only was I working for a B Corp, but I was fully involved in the B Corp aff- efforts that they uh, had in the company. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. like I was just doing, um, I don't know, operations or project management for the part of the company. You know, I, mm-hmm. my role it was specifically to be involved in their B Corp efforts. So it was really cool. That's uh, And that's about two years you've been there now? Yes. So I started working there a week before everything shut down um, because <laughs> of the COVID pandemic. Yes. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Now, did you have to switch to remote? We did. Yes. So I went into the office. It was quite funny. Maria uh, at the time wasn't really going into uh, the Southern Energy Management's office because she was traveling a lot for her clients. And so that first week that I was working there, we set up our office, we decorated, we went shopping. <laughs> it was so beautiful. Oh, there. it's going to be great being here. And then, <laughs> yes. and then boom, I remember that Friday, uh, we were like, okay, not sure what was going, what's going to happen, you know, but just keep an eye on your phone. If anything happens, you get an alert. Uh, and then that's, Sunday or Saturday, it was like, okay, mm-hmm. we're shutting down the office and going to remote. Come, come get any equipment that you might need from the office. And those are horrible memories for all of us. And but the good part is we can remember it because a lot of people didn't uh, make it, um, yeah. including my friend Peter. It's just, uh, it was a, a, a cataclysmic change for all of us personally and socially and, and, and every other way you can you can think of but it also puts you in a position where you're starting a new job and you're going to be doing it largely like we are right now with you know camera and and uh and phone and how was that adjustment for you how did that work out yeah it was it was a very interesting period you know for all of us like you said in many different aspects um you know I was, I think the transition of working remote in my position, I was more bummed about not being able to meet the people that I was going to work with, you know, and really have that sense of like team, you know, and, mm-hmm. and for many factors. I mean, I remember everyone was so, I mean, there were so many unanswered questions, right? And so some, everyone in the company were like, okay, what's going to happen next? That I felt like as a new team member, I didn't want to bother anyone because they were dealing with so much already, you know? And uh, and they were like, okay, Mel, like, this is what you have to, like, get done, you know, like, train yourself kind of thing in there some you ways. Go. Train right? yourself. Yeah, and then let me know if you need some help, you know? And that was kind of with the Southern Energies uh, side of things. Um but then with Maria and just the consulting company, of course, uh, she, her clients and our clients now, right? Um, they needed a lot of help, right? Yeah. I mean, they had they to shift cool. shift to virtual as well in order to survive. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, so mm-hmm. sessions got mm-hmm. transferred to virtual. I mean, all of our clients were like, I don't know what's going to happen, right? Like, like the whole world. And so a lot of people are reaching out to Maria for some guidance. And while she had her first kind of like real team member by her side, you know, 
So it was, it was definitely a transition, but in, but it was okay. You know, I felt, I felt supported, which was important. Uh, it was overall a positive experience considering everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to say, Dave, um, for a little moment, because I left my uh, food bank job uh, about two weeks before all that happened, I had a little bit of guilt, you know, that yeah. I left an organization when they probably most needed me. Yeah, when when the food school, food scarcity became even more compelling. Yeah, that that's exactly. but that's a good to know. You've got a conscience. <laughs> they come, <laughs> they do come in handy uh a lot and i think that that's an important realization for you uh did you think you might say to at that point well maria since we haven't really bonded yet i think i'll go back to my old job uh no 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 i no i uh i was very very happy with what i had gotten myself uh into in like in terms of the it, it really felt like an accomplishment in getting this position you know absolutely it it, no question about it a lot of thought and research and it, there it was and uh and you and clearly you were she needed you so you were it wasn't like i'm just gonna sit around and wait till the you know shutdown's over which would have been silly because it wasn't over for months but basically there you were and and you you did make yourself work out how you're going to pull this off. And it seems probably now we're looking back on it like a, a little bit of a bad dream in some ways and a good thing in others. But you've, you've now reached a point where I think you guys are back from being remote. Are you back face to face? Yeah. So right now we're hybrid, really. Okay. Yeah. Which is yeah. where many, many companies are right now. Yeah. Right. Right. And it, and it works. You know, I think uh, everyone has discovered pros and cons of being in person and being virtual. And so I think now it's really, I mean, we have been pretty flexible in terms of like, if this works best for you, keep it. If you want to change it, change it, you know, mm-hmm. whatever works for like your maximize your performance and, and your well-being uh do that and so it's been it's been good yeah cool now let's go to the statistical side of your background for a moment of measuring the counting up the uh uh and and it's not impact in in some ways until you can really be empirical about it you can say okay this is what we did and here's how we can show you here's the evidence uh so i'm 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 leaping into that part of, of your work because remote hybrid a lot of people are saying yeah but the claim is that performance is as good or better but how do you really know so i suspect within both sides of maria's business measuring actual outcome results uh, is very important and now the bigger question is can we be as impactful working in this hybrid way as we thought we would be when we could be face to face. So right. I don't know if there's a question in there, but <laughs> you put, you find a question and answer it. How's that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is a great uh, a question in general. I mean, I was just talking about this uh, a couple of days ago that, yes, measuring 
key um, metrics, KPIs, or score uh, scoreboard and scorecards, whatever you want to call it, right? Mm-hmm. It's more important than ever. I think mm-hmm. companies, even before the pandemic, were starting to move towards a more performance-based instead of hours worked, right? Or um, right. that kind of stuff. Um, and it, and I think it became even more clear how those key metrics are super important to measure performance uh, during the pandemic. When you're not really seeing when people are working or what they're doing with their uh, in the middle of their days, right? Uh, and I think that really has brought a lot of positives too, you know? I mean, if you know that you do your best work at 10 o'clock at night and you're going to hit your numbers because they have been thought out uh, metrics, you know, that really represent uh, what you're supposed to be doing and what you're, what you're accountable for, uh, there is no reason to not being able to work at 10 o'clock. And so... And I think in terms of impact, uh, there are tons of bigger tools out there that really measure your impact as a company, like the Be Impact Assessment. You know, I do, I do like to point out that um, I re- actually I recently learned that we have about a little over 5,000 uh, B corporations around the globe. Uh, we just hit the 5,000 number recently, which is really exciting. Very exciting. Um, yeah, and then I learned that there are over, I think I believe over two hundred thousand users of the B Impact Assessment. So, so even if they're not B Corps, there's a lot of people who say, "Hey, uh, we need some way to measure. We need a yardstick, and here's a good one." Exactly, and I mean the the assessment is free for everybody. Anyone can go and and create an an account and start the assessment. Uh, if you submit it, that means that you are trying to become a certified B corporation, but you don't need to submit it ever. And the way that the assessment is listed, most questions are kind of like a, a gradual, uh, let's say, progress on a certain item. You know, it's usually. And so that gives you ideas of what you can be doing to improve your impact in all those categories, you know. Would be an example of uh, on the uh, employee side uh, of of a of an impact on on employee well being and employee growth and development. Yeah. So let's say um, I believe there's a question about feedback and and quarter in conversations between team lead and direct reports, right? And so that's key. That is key to. Um, team team development and team member development, right? And to make sure that you're aligned with expectations of both of your uh, leadership and your role. And it's typically supposed to be a conversation that you can also, the team member can also give feedback to their team lead. And, exactly. Yeah. So I see it as a really key component of a company uh, to boost team engagement and development. The question would be, um, do you provide, uh, do you have a process around feedback? And don't quote me on those questions, but I know that there's- I get it, I, I, I get it, I get it. Um, and it's be like, no, we don't have a process in place. Or 
Yes, we have annual performance reviews. Oh, yeah. I thought that was sad and come up in my head like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but then, too, we have quarterly conversation with team lead direct report. And then three is like we have 360 feedback review where like your te- your colleagues will also give feedback to you, mm-hmm. you know. And so it, it slowly gives you ideas of what, how you can improve your impact in certain ways, you know. So that's why I, I really find the BIA an awesome tool for any company. The, the podcast listener may, even if they've listened to Maria, not no, and Lizzie for that matter, not really yet quite get the B. What does B stand for? And because I know there's a lot that they can look at and they can go to the same YouTube that you looked at, but what is, what's the B in B Corp? So the B in B Corp is benefit. Okay. So that's, that's what it actually translates to. Mm-hmm. And it's the benefit of companies beyond uh, the, what, what do they say? It's uh, beyond just like the profits and business that we typically see it. It's in terms of, Five categories, really governance of a company, community, environment, workers, and customers. And so it's, it, it really takes into account all of the different, different categories of sustainability, per se. Um, and, the, and the, way I, the way the BIA, which is the B Impact Assessment, right, to become a B Corp works, is that you don't necessarily have to be great at all of these categories, but it really, but you have to meet a standard in all of them and excel at one or two to become certified. Yeah. yeah. In, uh, in my history, I had a wonderful relationship with uh, a businesswoman who this company that she founded um, mattered so much to her that she started a nonprofit called Reset Connecticut Social Enterprise Trust so that we could move ahead and help her become the first benefit corporation in Connecticut, which is much different in the sense that it's a, a, it was a piece of legislation that creates a, uh, a whole category of business with very, very firm uh, guidelines as to uh, how, sh- how that business can be recognized and sold and all the rest. So I, I lived through for about 12 years, the whole B experience, uh, but in order to understand benefit corporation, of course, we, we were looking into this now 5,000 member, but previously, maybe back then, maybe a few hundred, that's when I first recall as a board member, someone said, Hey, take a look at this. So you're, you're in, you're still in a very young future for business. Uh, and uh, when I taught for all those years in business schools, I, I really wanted my students to see that the leap past the first five years, which you're pretty much done now since you graduated, is uh, a very important leap. And if you jump too short just to settle into comfort and routine and what you know and familiarity, you know, you're, you're sitting on the first lily pad and that's it. <laughs> so, you, but if you leave too far and you don't do much learning because you have a really sort of bang up opportunity to jump way out there, but then you find out you're way over your head and you haven't done the homework. That's awfully, 
So I, I sort of said, figure that first five-year leap so that when you land, first you still first you can still sleep at night because you haven't compromised your values and you understand you've tested your beliefs and by and large you're okay with them. So that's the big that's a big part of it. But the next part is recognize that the around the fifth year, which is sort of where you are, and this is getting to the end of our time for the for this recording, is the next five years. That's that's like the next five years. What do you think the work you're doing right now, the relationships you have, the affiliations, the national view that you're gaining in the B Corp world, what do you think that's going to do for you five years from now? Wow. Um, great question. You know, I, I've been thinking a lot about a year from now. Not as much as time, <laughs> but... Um, we all want to be alive five years from now. We'll start with that. <laughs> Absolutely. Healthy and alive. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I do think about the one year, and I'm assuming also it will be similar if I think about my five-year plan, I'm just so amazed by the community of B corporations and the people that I get to meet every day through my role today. We started this podcast talking about networking, right? Right, exactly. Uh, and and that's what I that's what I've been doing now, and it's been amazing to learn because I knew I wanted to work for a B Corp. I know my transferable skills, but beyond that, I was just like, I'm just happy to be part of the movement. I'm just happy to say, hey, I work for an awesome company that is doing great things in the world. And I made it. And now I'm like, okay, so what does Mel want now, right? Like, what, what can, do I want to specialize? What can I, what, what, what is the impact that I can do for these companies, right, within these companies? Yes. And honestly, Dave, I am figuring it out still uh, through networking. I am talking to so many people and learning about their careers and their mm-hmm. paths, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the decisions that they made and being really humble about, yes, I have learned so much about the B Corp world so far, but there's so much that I don't know still. Oh, yeah. And there's so many different avenues that I can go. I know we talked about measuring uh, and metrics and statistics and my passion really for the whole research thing. I'm discovering the whole ESG measurement, right? So where any company can be measuring their environmental, social, and governance uh, factors, you know, mm-hmm. and how investors are looking into now, those factors. Yes. Now, right? now you're moving up onto the edge of the next big set of lily pads because uh, that you're right onto that trend. And uh, I think after we go through this catharsis of Wall Street right now, and, uh, and also seeing how the CEOs of the largest companies are being pushed very hard by your generation to be much more uh, authentically responsible for those aspects, that it'd be a very interesting time to get some more uh, muscle in that area of determining uh, actually progress in in those areas. But uh, 
I, I love what you said. And I, I put the five-year mark out there because you said earlier that you're a planner. And uh, but you're still at a point where where Peter and I would say in terms of your practice, uh, uh, you you have found a context that's just right for you, the, the B Corp context, and it's allowing you to learn and grow. And you're developing sets of skills which tend to be combined in any kind of practice, including my lousy golf game, <laughs> which I'd like to improve. My point though is that. Uh, there's, there's something you probably noticed in Maria when you went to work for her that it sort of says, I am <laughs> Mel Hubner. I am this person in the world. And, and if someone hands you a trophy for that, you say, yes, I deserve that. You, you know what I'm getting at? It's, yeah. It, it, and I, I don't think there's any doubt who you, in your sense, who you are. I think you come across very clearly about that. But you see yourself about five years from now where you're saying, yes, I am. Bink, bink, bink. <laughs> you still haven't fig figured it, fitted into bink, bink, bink in the last three minutes that I've been talking. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, uh, I just want to be someone I think I'm, I'm getting to know so many people who are willing to share about their life and their their experience and willing to guide me, you know, uh, based on what they went through. Right. But not really telling me what to do, but giving me options and options and opening certain doors. It's really been an amazing, amazing experience. Um, and I'm saying and I, this is really um, present to, for me right now because we're starting to do all these in-person events again. Uh -huh. right? And so I, I spent almost two years just meeting with people through Zoom or seeing a face here on like virtual conferences. <laughs> and now I'm out there almost every week getting to see these people in person. And I'm just like, tell me about you and, and just really doing the networking. And, and I'm amazed by how people are just so nice and so welcoming and so um, open. Uh, and so five years from now, I hope that I get to do that for someone else that by me, but by, might be in my position today, you know, and continue doing it. Um, and it doesn't mean that I can't play that role for someone else right now. Right. But I just do think that, again, I am like focusing on learning now for in developing myself. So I am better equipped and confident, really, that I can help uh, others and add value in that way. So, oh, I think that's great. And that in my instinct is the tell me about you uh, motive is genuine. And Five years from now, you will have collected hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of anecdotal information about the people in the B Corp world. You could be writing about them. You could be podcasting about them. You could be XXX because we don't know what the next media is going to be, but there will be another media. And people crave 
I believe we crave stories about fellow humans who are doing good in the world. We got plenty of the other stuff, the ick. But if 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 I saw Mel Hubner's coming up on screen with another uh, offering, uh, it'll be like, oh yeah, I want to hear from her because people know that she listens to them. People know that she has depth. That they're you're not just listening for the superficial, and particularly they know that she wants to help us give evidence to what impact we're having in the world. So when she listens, she listens all the way to well, how do you know that that's actually happening? So your story about the people who you're meeting along the way, to the extent that you're able to share those, and they're willing to have you share them. There's going to be some richness there, Mel. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's very exciting. And you can say it way better than I can. I'm listening to you and I'm like, yes, yes, that's it. (laughs) Yeah, I want that. I want what Dave just said. (laughs) That's what I'm going to be. That's what I'm going to be. And now I got to get to be 84 before in five years so I can check back with you. (laughs) There you go. There you go. That'll be my goal. Uh, But it's been a lot of fun. And I'm delighted that we had the reason in the network to come together and to meet. And this isn't the last time you can reach out to me or I hope to reach out to you. Um, If anything else, uh, it's, it's really adding another, another, uh, charm to my charm bracelet, if you will, called the podcast series. And, and it's very unique. And, and I'm sure that Maria, when she hears it, will say, hey, I'm going to give you a major raise for what you did on Dave Furin's podcast. So, thank you. So, thank you very, very much. Yes. Thank you for inviting me, Dave. It's been wonderful. And yes, I'm sure this is not going to be the last time that we'll connect. And I'm really looking forward to reading your book. Um, so thank you. Practice for- is a way of being. Plug, plug, plug. Practice is a way of being. Way of being. Peter Vale and David Fearon just coming out. Lo- lovely. Yeah. Looking forward to it. And thanks for spending your time with me. If you'd like to hear more, listen in on Spotify automatic and apple podcasts or go to anactionresearch.com slash podcast dash page and if you'd like to learn more about social inaction and the nature of practice head over to anactionresearch.com for more information thank you for supporting this show we look forward to hearing from you soon